Hey, Paratopia, it's Jeff Ritzman here, flying solo with you on yet another Friday night. I am without the Jeremy Vaney, all alone, on a mic for the first time since the second eclipse. And I have to tell you, it's a pain in the ass. I've tried no more than 20 times to start this program. (laughs) To trip myself up on every occasion. And originally tonight, I set out to talk about the notion of the government cover-up of ufology, which we don't talk about a whole lot on this show. Um, and I, I don't know. I recorded about an hour and 15 minutes, and then I said, you know what? No. No, not enough. Not enough. I, I think it goes without saying that we have not kind of followed the mainstream on this show. When it comes to ufology. And one of the things that we've barely even touched upon has been the cover-up of all of this. And um, I've been kind of surfing around lately and going to AboveTopSecret.com again. I've kind of, I don't know, started poking my head in the door here and there. And I noticed that I'm kind of treating it like a barometer. Uh, I I mean, let's make no bones about it. largest discussion board of its kind on the internet, probably the most popular. And so you can assume that a lot of people who are just getting into this or just becoming interested or get piqued by a TV show or a radio show are going to find that in a search on the net. They're going to go there and they're going to get involved in talking about it. So I think it's a decent barometer for saying, here's what people are interested in talking about. And here's what they think about this stuff. And you get a cross-section of everything because it's a wide-open-door policy there. You get everything from the frauds and the uh, you know mush-minded morons to thoughtful, intelligent, great people uh, with something to say. So I look on there the other day, and I see a lot of talk about disclosure, the cover-up, the Bassets, the Greers, the so on and so forth. I mean, we've gone ad nauseum over this stuff. And... Um, you start thinking about exopolitics, and I know Jeremy has talked about exopolitics, and he's written articles for UFO Magazine about it. Uh, by the way, Jeremy will be joining me for an after chat, so hang around. I promise you I won't be nearly as entertaining as he. He just doesn't know he's going to be in an after chat yet. It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> so um, I'm looking on there, and, and I see that – the cover-up is still a main topic of conversation. This is still a big deal for people. And so I thought, you know, maybe it's time to kind of ask our audience what they think about that whole aspect of it. Because it's not something we talk about. We don't go into so so much into that mainstream kind of topic. Because it does tie in with exopolitics and all of this disclosure crap. And the first thing that I you know, came across was documents, the documents, the FOIA documents that have been kind of squeezed out of the government sources here and there. And I thought back to, God, years ago when I was watching Stanton Friedman on a show, and he holds up this document. This document is one big black square, effectively unreadable. And I got to thinking about it the other day whilst sitting in the, well, let's, Jeremy's fart chair at my house and um, and I thought if I was petitioned uh, by the listenership of this show uh, disclose where you live 
how much money you make and what kind of car you drive. And I had the option to censor it. I would draw black lines through everything. And so if I was somehow mandated that I had to turn over some kind of documentation to you because you requested it, but then effectively made it not readable, what would be the point in sending it to you? In other words, when you see a blanked out document from the government about – in response to a question about UFOs and what do you know about this event or that event or the whole thing, and you get a blacked out document like that or even these ones where everything but the most mundane stuff is blacked out, what use is that? I don't know. I almost look at that as like, what, what's the dog and pony show for? Why don't you just say, we don't have anything. They send you a blacked out document. For what purpose? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. If it's blanked out and making it effectively unreadable, unreadable, why are you sending it? Why not just easily say, why not save the stamp and say, we don't have anything? No, they send you this showboat document of blacked out lines, which everybody reads between and says, ah, underneath that thin layer of carbon is the answers we want, and they won't give it to us. What if you could effectively lift up that little and just take a peek underneath there? Would there actually be anything there? And if there was, would it have anything to do about UFOs. Likely, if there's anything there at all, likely it would have to do with covering up a black project of some sort. That's my feeling. I'm curious what you guys think about that portion, the documents, because this is a big, big thing in the whole cover-up conspiracy thing. Then you have this whole other... Part, which is the uh, the secret sources and secret leaks that happen. And I think a lot of UFO researchers out there these days, and I'm not picking on him, but I mean, Rich Dolan comes to mind that uh, I often hear Rich say, my sources say, or, uh, you know, he puts these forth as uh, these are people on the inside that have confided in him to keep their identity secret. But they want to divulge something. My question is, number one, why? My question number two is, <laughs> why would a UFO researcher believe them? You're talking about someone who is or was on the quote-unquote inside of this alleged cover-up. They were a part of it, and now they're coming clean. My question is, if... As the mainstream believes, this is as complex and as deep-rooted as they say. What reason would we have to believe these people, these unnamed sources? Why would any researcher say, my unnamed source says, and I trust him? Why would you put faith in someone like that who was, for all intents and purposes, involved at one point or another? That doesn't make sense to me. Now, somebody like Robert Salas uh, with the uh, Malmstrom case, that's a little different to me. That is uh, 
a witness of an event involving the military. Bentwaters Woodbridge, same thing. That's not what I'm talking about. We have names there. We have people to hold accountable. Unfortunately, when a UFO researcher goes out and writes a book and names, un, you know, or puts in there, unnamed sources that have confided in me have said this, and that matches up with what my data shows, I have to question, well, number one, is your data being swayed uh, to fit what you think is a reliable source? And number two, why do you put faith in, in someone who won't come forward? And if they're a part of this, why should we put any stock in anything they say? And number three, why are you laying your rep on the line as a researcher to say, I trust these people and I believe what they say is true? That's the question for me. Why? I don't get that. And so when you're talking about unnamed sources and people you know, uh, behind the scenes – and a researcher presenting that as some kind of evidence, I'm not buying that. Now, I know that when Rich was on the show, he said, well, I've had different people who couldn't possibly know each other tell me almost identically the same story of whatever story it is. And again, if this is as deep and far-reaching as they claim, does it not make sense that if it's even compartmentalized, even if these two people truly don't know each other, is it such a stretch to say that they've been given the same debriefing document that says, here's what you're to say if you're ever approached by this or you ever find yourself in this situation? Or, God forbid, you're having to seek out a Richard Dolan or whoever in this field, and this is what you're to say. Is that such a stretch? Even from their standpoint? I don't think it is. And so that, for me, renders all of that completely worthless. I find it to be dangerous as a researcher to say, I've got this unnamed source who told me this. You know, I've had people that have done the same thing to me. Like, well, I don't want to talk about this publicly, but this was what was told to me. For instance, a photographer that I was talking about on one of these recent shows that was lowered into a disc. He became disoriented. And inside, it was bigger than the spatial quality was outside. It was bigger inside the disc and the object than the building that it was in. It's a weird story. But other people have heard that same story from other people. Can I believe that 100%? No. But I got to say, I mean, even I'm swayed at something like that. It makes me think. But then when I get myself pulled back from this and I take off my UFO goggles, I go, what, what, why should I believe that? The circumstance of meeting them, which in that case was just like completely out of the blue. Then again, if it's as far reaching as we all think, or the mainstream thinks I should say, is it, is it such a stretch? I don't know. Is it a plan? Is it all theatrics? Because for me, and I'm curious what you guys think, for me, I think that all of these little subtleties, these documents, the secret leaks, uh, the unnamed sources, Serpo, all of these kind of things that have gone on throughout all of this kind of suck people in and, and ruin people in this field. I mean, I think we've all seen that at one point or another with some researcher that 
basically gets these good sources, you know, and then all of a sudden they're led into a case where they're left holding the bag and then their reputation's ruined. And therefore, when your reputation is ruined in this, when you're left holding the bag, however that may go down, everything that you've done prior in this field is now null and void. It's just like if Jeremy Vaney tomorrow got caught hoaxing photographs and putting them out on the net, everybody was like, wow, these are amazing. Uh, and then it was found out that he hoaxed them and uh, and all that. Then would you have any qualms about dismissing everything that he said thus far, even if that was true? You know, one bad apple, right? I mean, that's how it works. I think somewhere down the line, UFO researchers that have been led into certain situations by these sources or have made certain statements by these sources that have then turned out to not to bear true. And we've seen that before in this where somebody, it's like, there it is, you're left holding the bag. And uh, no matter how time, many times they'll try to explain themselves, nobody wants to hear it. You're done. So... I look at all that and I go, you know, and I know this isn't a popular view, but I just, I'm one of these people who doesn't believe that they know nearly as much as they claim or appear to portray that they do, meaning the government. I don't see any vast cover up. And of course, most people who perpetuate that exit political folks would go. Well, then you haven't looked into it. Well, I have looked into it. I've been around long enough to look into it. I've even had experiences where I've been threatened over things. And, you know, that'll be for another show sometime. But uh, that's, I mean, that, um, uh, I, you all know the instance I'm talking about. I mean, I've I've analyzed that over the years to think, you know, was that all just a theatrical type setup? I, I don't know. I think they want to portray themselves as having a handle on it, that they know something that we don't know. And therefore, this entire belief system has been built up around blacked-out documents, anonymous sources, and stories. And what does that, again, point to in this? This is something that, this is the kind of like what I wanted to focus on tonight, which is... The whole notion of ufology becoming a religion, Jeremy and I have said uh, enough times on this show that ufology has consistently taken a downturn over the past 10 years. But I think it's it's never been more evident than right now. I think that when we said ufology is dead, uh, when we ran that episode and uh, and I made that statement, I think I think it's kind of proven out. At this point, um, is there going to be a factional split between, well, the, the factional split has already happened as far as I'm concerned, between mainstream ufology and exopolitics? You know, I think that they've taken a, a pretty hard hit. Not that it's not deserved. But um, I, I think that when you're looking at um, ufology as ETH nuts and bolts versus people like Jeremy and I uh, who kind of ride that middle. I think we've said enough times that 
can be real when it wants to be, but it doesn't have to be. And it, it plays into deeper, more complex things. There's that side. And then there's the split, which is the mainstream, which is it's nuts and bolts. It's real. The government has the evidence. They're not sharing it with us. They know it all. Uh, and even if they don't, you know, they still know more than we do and we deserve to know. And that's of course, raised this whole fervor of exit politics. So what do you do with that? <laughs> There's not much you can do as a researcher, or even somebody who wants to discuss this. There's not a whole lot you can do when the louder voice is one of what I consider to be lunacy. Um, it's become a belief system for so many people. And there was a thread this week on Above Top Secret by a gent out of Scotland who wrote a thread called uh, that abductee threads are liars or something to that effect. Factually saying in his po- first post that all these people coming on to Above Top Secret who are, you know, talking about or giving accounts of alien abduction and their abduction experiences are likely liars. They're lying. Yeah, in some rare cases, he believes it might have been hallucinations or drugs or emotional problems, mental states. But by and large, they're lying because there's no evidence. You know, when you see a post like that, um, I think if you're like me, uh, the first thing you do is you get aggravated. But then you take a step back and you go, well, this almost – and I I actually wrote this in the thread. I said, you know, this kind of thing is uh, is almost – it's a bait. It's a bait because this person wants attention uh, for an unpopular view on a popular message board that views these things in a positive way. And so to throw a monkey wrench in that from afar with an anonymous name is going to get you attention. It's going to – some people thrive on negative attention. We've mentioned that before. I think that's what this was. And then later on in the thread, he even made a point to say uh, when people were saying he was arrogant and he was opinionated, he says, that's right, I'm arrogant. You know, and so I said, you know, the fact that somebody is willing to go on a message board and say that they're arrogant <laughs> kind of, I don't know, kind of speaks to the, the answer to the equation here, which is that this was done for attention and just to cause a stir. Um, but it also bears out to the fundamentalist skeptic, uh, kind of bend, which is if it doesn't fit into my evidential belief system or what I would consider proof, everybody's lying. So there's your extreme case of, uh, someone who refuses to acknowledge the deeper aspects of this. I mean, obviously let's not pick on this guy from Scotland too much because, it seems pretty evident that he hasn't looked into this phenomena with any depth. He's looked at the surface level of, you know, he mentioned probes, anal probes and all this. I mean, that, all that crap, notwithstanding, we're talking about uh, he's likely listened to a lot of people with regression, hypnotherapy and the stuff you see on TV and all of that. I mean, come on. In any depth, it's clear he hasn't looked into this. Uh, because he's not speaking the language that we've been talking about here, which is those deeper aspects. So that's the far one side. Now, 
the people I believe that he's trying to actually antagonize with a post like that are the dyed-in-the-wool believers, which are the ones that will come in there and read him the riot act. Uh, that thread at present moment is shut down by the moderators because people became so incensed at what he was saying. And, of course, he's loving this. He's sitting back laughing about it. But, I mean, here I am. I'm a guy who's had some pretty weird shit. And I can see right through it. I, I'm just like, yeah, well, he's just looking to get a rise out of people. So I didn't go out there and blast anybody. I just said, well, you know, this is to be expected from somebody like this because it almost figures into that fundamentalist skeptic mindset. And uh, it's about, it's it's not so much about is this true or not. It's about I need to elevate myself as, you know, some kind of intellectual elitist. And I'm the smartest guy in the room. And I'm going to stand before my my congregation of morons, and I'm going to educate them, see? And that's how I see this kind of thing playing out. And I wasn't particularly aggravated by it. I just made my points and kind of sat back, and he never really addressed me directly, even though I spoke directly at him in the thread, referenced his words. And, uh, and at that point, you know, these preemptive strikes come out. Anybody who would come on ATS and believe these stories outright without any evidence is ignorant. And I just said, well, you know, a preemptive strike like that, demanding that this thing bend to your will of the level of proof that you're looking for. And then basically pre-torpedoing anyone who would respond in any kind of way against you as ignorant is a sign of a weak argument. And it is. Uh, to the people who are the hardcore believers, they become absolutely enraged by this. And I was amazed at the amount of just, man, knives out, you know. And I'm thinking, you know, this is not, this is not a discussion anymore. This is a belief system being attacked by people. And others coming to the defense of that belief system. And I don't think that anybody, I don't think it's any great stretch to say that we all know there's something to this. What is it? We don't know. For most people, I think, not having any sort of experience at all, I think it's largely an article of faith. There is no hardcore proof here. We all know this. But I'm seeing lately this big influx of like this fever of protecting your preconceived notions of what you think this is. And this is my whole problem with exopolitics and, uh, and, and all of that. I mean, it, it just, it is a belief system. Uh, it, it's effectively become like a religious thing for people. It's a belief and the, and, and what amazes me is something like, let's just say Christianity, okay? Let's just look at that. We're not going to pick apart religion here, okay? You take a look at Christianity and you think about, you go to church and uh, you pray and then you go home. And you do your week, you go to work, you come home, you kiss your wife, you make the money, you pay the bills, 
You go back to work. You do it all over again, five days, six days. And then you go back to church. And you sit and you pray. And you... It's very detached, at least in, to my to my view. It's a very detached thing. You're not actually involved in anything. You're involved in a relationship with your God. But it's detached. And I think what ufology presents for some people looking for that involvement is that number one, the phenomena will respond to you. It will respond to you. We've talked about this and I feel very strongly about that. Number two, you can go to your congregation of a conference with this stuff and speak with like-minded people and get involved in projects like podcasts, like, like, all sorts of I mean this is where this goes. You're you're not only talking about this, you're not only listening to the high priests of ufology up there on the stage, but you're also actively involved in this. This gives you a chance to be actively engaged in a belief system. Both act the same way. There is no tangible proof. We're not gonna ignore that as people who believe there's something going on here. But I like to think this audience knows or sees the deeper points that we've been bringing up and has always seen them. And uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, doing this show, I don't feel like we've necessarily educated anybody. I just think we've drawn like-minded people to us. I, I think that that's that's kind of what we've done. Is is we've uh, we've attracted people who see what we see and see the problems we see with it. And so when you look at these people, I mean, it's like it's giving them something that religion is not. And that's this ability to be actively involved in it, to go out sky watching too. I mean, there's certainly fellowship on both sides, isn't there? And uh, I don't know. Is that unhealthy? Uh, People can believe what they want to believe. People believe all sorts of crazy shit. So, the way this thing has has grown into a belief system is really problematic because now part of the problem with ufology is that it's not critical enough. One story ties into another story from five years ago that was long since proven a hoax, but because it fits my preconceived notion of what is and what isn't with this field, I'm in. And then we've got the infighting. And the infighting, again... I've got proof and you don't. Well, that's not proof. Well, what's your definition of proof? I've got this photograph. You don't know what that is, which is true. Uh, that could be a secret uh, craft. We don't have technology like that. How do you know? I mean, these are all fervent points to argue with someone who is steeped in a belief system. And therefore, immediately when you attack a belief system, you're attacking that person personally. That cuts them deep, and therefore they come back at you with something that's totally counterproductive to solving an issue. I think McKenna had it right when he talked about ufology. Everyone claims too much information. And I think, I'm glad to say, I'm glad to say that at least on this end, I don't have a first fucking clue what's going on. I mean... I want to know. I want to learn more about it. But uh, the whole belief system thing really kind of wigs me out. 
and I'm seeing more and more and more of it. The one thing that you can say about, at least look at the exopolitics thing again. I mean, unfortunately, this sort of thing is what gets the mainstream attention. And, uh, and I mean that in a media sense. I mean, it also gets that. I mean, people like us aren't getting a lot of attention because we're not playing into, uh, I don't know, do you, do you all ever see ufology as kind of like a good old boys club in a way? Jeremy and I talked about this this week. I very much do see that. Uh, I mean, believe me, we've got a great audience. We've got a huge audience. And I'm amazed by that. But what kind of confounds me is that, I don't know, that a lot of what we do here never seems to make it out to the mainstream. Like Emma Woods. That I mean, I've been looking on ATS and I haven't seen anything about it. One mention on one post somewhere. It's like that story has never been broken out beyond our borders. It's been on other talk shows. It's been on other podcasts. It's been mentioned, been talked about. I'm talking about the broader sense here. I mean, to to access a bigger audience, I guess is what I'm saying, to, to get your views kind of jammed into that mainstream, which, you know, should get a lot more people thinking. You know, I'm always of the opinion, the more heads you can get on this, the better off you'll be. To try and do that when you're... <laughs> When you're when you're being ignored because you're rocking the boat too much, that's that's a problem. This all feeds into the same issue of a belief system. Whether that belief system is garnered around capital gains, popularity, ego, uh, or genuine desire to 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 want to know more. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It, any way that you cut it. Uh, you're butting heads up against this belief system. Another thing that comes up a lot on uh, on ATS is, um, uh, well, in fact, it's been just recently that apparently they've enacted a policy, and we're going to talk about this, the UFO and alien section. They've enacted a policy, essentially, that if you were to go on there and talk about an abduction experience, that will no longer remain in the aliens and UFO section. That will be moved to an area called the gray basket. And despite what the moderator told me over there, it is essentially a catch-all basket for any sort of um, admittance to unprovable events happening to you uh, or you being, being aware of them. Uh, when you have no proof, and of course, when it comes to an abduction experience, there's very little in the way of, uh, I mean, you could have certainly two or three or more people involved in something like that, and that still doesn't equate to proof. They are now not housing those within aliens and UFO section. And that confounds me. I mean, I'm sure that was a decision by somebody moderating that, but... I mean, I can tell from a couple of members that it's really pissed them off. And and my, again, I, I come in with this unpopular view, I guess, by this moderator because one of my threads was actually moved there. And I thought, well, that's weird. That thread's been around for like four years and all, and it's still up on, you know, I came on there after not being on for a while and said, wow, it's 
somebody's still asking me questions. I'm like, I haven't even been here to read them. And um, I responded to a couple, and then it got moved. And I thought, well, what the hell happened to that thread? And it got put in this basket. And I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> You're saying that if a story can't be verified in any tangible way and there's no evidence, then it gets moved to a gray basket. What about every UFO sighting that isn't accompanied by pictures or radar or video or whatever? Shouldn't that be in the gray basket too? I mean, really? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get that. Uh, and so now that is being definitively separated from a UFO sighting that has zero evidence as well is nothing but a story or an admittance of an extraordinary event. <laughs> How's that work? And it wouldn't bother me if it wasn't ATS. You know, I mean, I've been around there for a long time and, uh, and I've got a lot of fond memories of it and I've got a lot of aggravated memories of it, but either way, that's kind of like been my second home on the net. And I see this going on there and I'm thinking, man, what is going on with this field? Not that they're indicative of everything that's going on, but it's just, it's more just, I just nonsense to me. I, I just really don't understand what's going on. Uh, where else would you talk about an alien experience except the UFOs and aliens section? I mean, what sense does that make? I don't say that that figures into this whole belief system thematic through this show, but uh, I wanted to mention that because I, I really just kind of like cocked my head like a dog at that. Uh, but, you know, getting back to this whole belief system thing, uh, this is the reason for uh, all of the infighting, all of the uh, the nonsense that people believe. I mean, uh, when you've got when you've got someone out there that that wants so desperately to believe in something like this, and feels that they can be ultimately involved in it, and uh, and is largely an article of faith, and then you start bringing subjects into it like marginality and anti-structure. I mean, they don't know where to go with this. And yet you're behind the rock because you don't agree with the mainstream, but the mainstream is ruling the day. And so how are you supposed to get out your information to a broader audience uh, and, and inject yourself somehow into this mainstream good old boys club that just wants to hold on to the status quo of what it's always been? The government knows everything. They're not telling us. This is flesh and blood, nuts and bolts. We have uh, alien bodies. We have, and not a shred of anything. No more than, you know, Jeremy has proof that there's a, an energy inside. There's no more proof for that than there is. In fact, he's got an EEG reading. They have blacked out documents. I mean, does anybody see how absurd this is? I, I mean... I think everybody knows from listening to the show. I've got I've got increasingly frustrated with all of this to the point where it's embarrassing, you know, to to say that you're involved in this uh, because anybody who bothers to take a, a casual look at this is going to see, wow, these people are crazy because the belief system is in full swing. Uh, the religious overtones and all of it are in full swing, and uh, uh, and it's 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 really. 
it's it, this is really a very big problem with this. Uh, the pedestrian belief systems that are in place that have been in place probably since day one of modern ufology. It's it's distressing. I mean, I know we refer to Terrence McKenna a lot on this show, but I'm going to do it again. I mean, the guy stood in front of an audience of UFO attendees, a con attendees, and said at one point, what is it about a disc in the air uh, that says extraterrestrial to you? Maybe it's just a disc in the air. <laughs> and what makes you even think it's flying? I was like, Jesus Christ, that's brilliant. I mean, yeah, that's it. Everybody claiming so much information and then vehemently defending it because it's all part of their belief system is, is, is how do you overcome that? I mean, I don't know that you can. And, and again, are we going to see this big definitive split between that? I mean, there used to be a definitive split. Actually, I mean, I remember when I, you know, first got into this way back, uh, there was what they referred to as the fringe element and that fringe element, I mean, dare not to tread that direction because you'll just be bored with stories of all sorts of crazy shit, you know, stick to the facts. Let's look at the facts. Let's, let's look at the data and the evidence and let's analyze that and let's work on that. And nowadays what I see is like the fringe has bled into and overtaken much of the critical ufological thinking. I don't know how. I mean, I don't know what. I, I I don't know if it's because of the popularity of of the paranormal lately. I mean, we've talked about how the popularity of all this has soared through the roof. I mean, how many shows does one have to have on TV uh, about the paranormal? I mean, there for a while it was r- ridiculous how many were on. So it just is it just a more influx of more people who just you know want to believe in something or feel like this is an interesting hobby. Um, I don't know. So, I don't know. Are we going to see a big definitive split? I think we are. I think we're going to see this thing split off in several different directions, which may be as counterproductive as, you know, what it is right now. I don't know. But, uh, where do you go? I mean, where do you go? I mean, I... I find it very hard sometimes to go into the mainstream barometer of ATS and have a discussion because it's just not there. It's not, you know, some people definitely can get involved um, with some of the deeper aspects of this. But by and large, it's like people are saying, well, how do you know it's it's not flesh and blood aliens? Well, I don't, but let's look at you know, and then you've got to go through your whole explanation of why you don't think it's this, and because the evidence doesn't support that, and not even the data supports that. Even the anecdotal da- data doesn't support that. And so, where do you go? Um, how does it become a belief system? That's what I'm the most curious about. And and I think I've said before that you know, I'm very interested in the subject itself, but I'm even more interested in how people react to it. Uh, because people's re- human reaction to the unknown is, is never ceases to amaze me. 
I mean, it can run the gambit of tying yourself down in countless hours of highly critical analysis of this or that to chat in front of palm trees in Bermuda shorts. Uh, I mean, it, it goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. And, uh, and, and why, why, um, I mean, me and Jeremy have joked, are people getting stupider? Is that what it is? Is that what it is? I mean, is that what's going on here? Is 2012, is that whole fervor plugging into this in some way? I don't know. Um, I mean, there's just some really outrageous stuff going on. And I think that, yeah, I think it's great to come on our board and, and on other boards like it and, and, and discuss the things we do. But I think that, uh, ultimately don't you have to pull the reins back at some point and you got to take those UFO goggles off and really look at this thing from an outside perspective, as hard as that may be to do and say, what is going on here? Look at this and look at this and look at that. And that's the majority of the interested public in this is what this is what they're being fed. And so I think all we can do in the meantime is continue to question everything, continue to call it out where we see it uh, as, as unpopular as that is to the mainstream. I think that uh, I think you have to continue to call it out. And at some point, maybe it'll turn around. I doubt it. Because um, as I said, I think the fringe is largely in the driver's seat these days. And I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, do you see it the same way I do? Are you as disgusted by the larger conglomerate as I am? I mean, or am I just, uh, am I just frustrated? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's, that's kind of where I, I've been taking it lately. And, and I've just been looking a lot at ATS and other boards and, uh, uh, and, and listening to uh, God, knows, I've listened to Coast to Coast about the past week or so, and I'm just like, really? Is this how far it's gone? I mean, really? I don't know. I, I'd be curious to think what hear what you guys think about why does it become a belief system other than what I've mentioned tonight about becoming actively involved? What does it do for people? You know, I mean, it's not like. It's not like everybody believes in benevolent space brothers. I mean, there's a lot of uh, worry and genuine concern by some people that, you know, these things are taking over or a hybrid race is being invented to uh, uh, to repopulate the planet. I mean, yeah, that's worrisome stuff. I mean, what what's the advantage of believing in something like that? I don't know. But anyway, we'll be back after this with me and Cher. See ya. Hi, my name's Greg Bishop, and you're listening to Paratopia, where I just got asked questions that I never get asked and got to talk about things that I never get to talk about. If you record audio for any purpose, chances are you want it to be heard. You want to attract the largest audience possible who can hear your message. That's where we come in. We're CyberEars.com, a revolutionary Internet service that will host your audio files and help you promote and track its popularity. Considering hosting a podcast to the world? 
we have all the automated tools to make the process as simple and easy as it can be. No technical mumbo-jumbo to work out. CyberEars.com does all the work for you. You record it, we take care of the rest. So don't delay. Go to CyberEars.com today and register for a free trial account. Upload your audio files and get heard. With CyberEars.com, it's your audio on your terms. Eerie Radio, the endeavor for esoteric research and investigation into the enigmatic. Eerie Radio is a weekly podcast that features interviews with the world's leading paranormal researchers. Download episodes of Eerie Radio from your favorite podcatcher or directly from the show website at www.eerieradio.com. Eerie Radio. Listen. Learn. Laugh. So the Jeff. No, no, no. What? My fucking solo show. <laughs> Go ahead. So the Jer. So the Jeff. Why have you called me here? Oh, that's right. You haven't heard the show yet. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be real productive after chat. It's it's quite an abortion this week. I just riffed. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I basically was talking about... Um, I mean, I started doing a show about the whole government cover-up and what I find objectionable about it. And then I kind of, like, towards the end of it, I had done an hour and a half of uh, of discussion on that with myself. And uh, How did you treat yourself, by the way? Um, pretty good. Oh, nice. And I, I don't know. I kind of got to a point in it where I said, wow, this is all really hinging on – a bigger issue for me and one that I find infinitely more interesting than this whole cover-up routine, which is that the notion that ufology has become an effective religion for people. Um, you know, I, I touched upon using above top secret as it's kind of become like a barometer for me in what people are interested in talking about when it comes to this subject. I think them being the largest of their kind on the internet for that subject, um, I think you get a decent cross section of mush minded morons and really smart people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting to see like, what are they talking about? And, and the ebb and flow of interest in this as a whole. And, um, and one of the things that, that again comes up is this whole government conspiracy thing. I talked to you earlier about, you know, the notion of documents and secret leaks and unnamed sources and all of these sort of things. And, and and kind of how they play out. I'm not sure if I – I can't even remember what the hell I said 10 minutes ago. So what do you want? <laughs> um, I, I'm Jacobitis. You, you know, somebody like Rich Dolan who kind of puts himself out there with an unnamed source and, and says, you know, they've told me this and, and there's a guy halfway across the country that doesn't know anything about, you know, subject A and he told me something very similar. They don't know each other. They haven't compared notes. And – you know, kind of my aspect on that is even going from the mainstream viewpoint of how complex and far-reaching this conspiracy or alleged conspiracy is, doesn't it make sense that on some level 
that if you're going to be talking to UFA researchers as some kind of leak, you've got to have a debriefing uh, paper presented to you in some way. I mean, is that so out of the scope of of thought that that uh, that that it still couldn't be part of a cover of something, and therefore putting yourself out on a limb as a researcher, saying, "I know this guy, and I know this guy, and I believe they're sincere," and so here it is. I mean, to float yourself out on that, I just find that to be like dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you got to think about these people who are coming forward anonymously. I mean, what are they risking? Are they risking treason by talking? Like, what, right. what, what's at stake for them uh, that they would be willing to talk to, um, you know, a historian of yeah. no repute in the real world, although he's held high in ufology. Um, but, I mean, nobody in ufology is, is held high in the real world. So right. uh, what, would be, what, what would be so important to talk to him about that would be, you know, you'd risk everything? Right. And that right. could go, and that's not just Dolan. That's you know anyone in oh, ufology, no. Bassett, absolutely. you name it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, is this stuff that you did put in the show, or is this stuff that you nixed in favor of whatever it is that you put? in No, the show? it's still in there. I mean, oh. you can listen to it; it's still in there. No, I mean, I, I still brought these things up, and and because you don't I, want to just repeat the show in this after chat. No, no, no. I, I mean, I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know, I mean, it is hard for you to do without listening to it. <laughs> Peritopia, if I'm just joining you, it's because Jeff and I took a five-minute breather so that he could explain to me exactly what his episode was about, since I have not heard it yet. And now that I know, we shall discuss. Right. Go ahead, discuss. <laughs> I have nothing more to say. Oh, I've expect- That's well, right. You've just I mean, spent 45 can minutes. I, can, I, can I put a preemptive strike of my own out uh, that uh, this was completely off the fly and I was not prepared to do this? Oh, yeah. In any way, shape, or form this week? No, in fact, I... Mean, it's I, like I totally at the fly. What is it, 108, 109 a.m.? Yeah, I like called or emailed you yesterday and was like, you know, we we had something fall through. We, we did an episode this week, but it uh, let's say we had some audio issues and leave it at that. We had yeah. some audio issues. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, Jeff, we either have nothing or you do something or we do something. And he said, I'll do it. Yeah, um, like, tell me. But I'm sure whatever you did was brilliant and people will love it. Not because they're they're prone to love the Jeff Ritzman. I even said beforehand. I said Jeremy's not here, and I can guarantee I won't be nearly as interesting as him. <laughs> so, but people I, might actually agree with what you have to say. Well, so. <laughs> I mean, it was basically just me talking about uh, you know the perspective as of late and commiserating because uh, ufology does need to be commiserated over a bit lately. I think. Well, let me ask you. Uh, yeah. So this thread on ATS that uh, got sort of censored and then locked. Yeah. Um, you, you said that it got heated in there. Uh, what was it? I mean, things get heated all the time in forums. What was so bad that sure. they needed to actually lock it and censor things? Well, I mean... That he was so arrogant that he didn't agree. I mean, they don't no. lock They don't lock and censor like Moon Anomalies threads or Richard Hoagland was right threads or <laughs> right. Bullshit, insert bullshit here threads. Right. Now, this was... Uh... I, to be honest with you, and I mean, I don't mean to defend the guys from Scotland. Uh, that's how I kind of like this gent from Scotland. I was it Colin up, Reed? Uh, no, I hope uh. not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he actually, I didn't find him to be offensive. I think that he basically just stated his opinion. And it's a very, very unpopular opinion. Sound familiar to us? 
And and I thought, okay, you know, uh, I I didn't necessarily get pissed over it, but certainly a lot of people on that board did. Uh, and I think it started to enter for, you know, for the original poster, he began to get attacked what he felt was personal attacks. Uh, I read them. I didn't necessarily see them as anything but confirming what he had already said, which was that he was arrogant and opinionated. And if you don't like it, tough shit, you know, which again, I, I said during the episode, I think that that kind of spoke volumes to his initial reason for starting the post in the first place. Well, here's a question. So he's arrogant and whatever, but is he wrong? Um, I mean, I we, think, are, we are talking about ATS here. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, like I said, I, I see that as a decent cross section and, and I, I do kind of use it as a barometer of sorts. I think anybody who goes on there to talk about an experience that they're clearly uncomfortable going into in any great depth. They did. They're, they're putting the feelers out. I can tell on a lot of these threads where people are talking about their abduction experiences or whatever you want to call them. They're ready to share it. They want to share it. They want opinions on what happened or what they, you know, what they may say about it. And, and so, and people genuinely seem to enjoy those. Um, nobody just walks in, I think off the street and just immediately posts, I've been abducted and here's my story. These are usually people who've been around for a number of weeks and then all of a sudden they come out and go, well, yeah, I kind of had this. And everybody's like, really? Do tell more, please. I mean, I did that after being there a couple of years, actually. Um, and that was only at the behest of people asking, what are you so intense about this whole hoax thing? Why are you? Why do you get so personally insulted by that? And so then I explained why. I think by and large, a decent number of the people on there who have a, uh, an experience to talk about are being genuine about it. Um, you can immediately tell the ones that are just poking fun or trying to tell a good Serpo story or what have you. They're pretty easy to pick out, at least for me. Do other people pick them out or do they go yeah. on to page after page? Now, so why is it that people are discriminating against those stories but not against the, the Serpo type stories? Well, isn't that, isn't that fascinating? Because uh, I brought up the fact that uh, that now at ATS, and, I, and I'm not sure if I've told you this or not, in the alien and UFO section, you can no longer talk about alien experiences. <laughs> That's right. They will be moved to the gray basket, it, you know, which is essentially, I read the gray basket. It's a catch-all for every kind of admittance or um, uh, any sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, Anybody who's got a horrid tale to tell but has no proof of it, it goes in that form. That's all of them. Right? This is what I said. This is the point I argued. It's like, you know, and believe me, this is not an attack on ATS in any form. It's just, I don't know if it's a moderator issue or what, but I said, what do you do when you have somebody come in that, that has a sighting and they have no pictures? It's the same thing. What the hell? Well, what do you do if you come in and you're Serpo and you're like, I'm anonymous and I will only speak to Richard Doty? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's that'll just, go on for months in the UFO section. Until I don't know, man. It just it just gets more and more absurd. And I, I, you know, I came across this and I only realized this because my own thread got moved. And so here comes a guy in. Uh, they shut the thread down because it, it, it just got so heated. And uh and I thought, wow, you know, 
why would they shut that down? This was a really hot thread. And, uh, and despite that, a lot of people were ignoring what the original poster had said. We started kind of going in another direction with it almost in a way. But some people kept coming in and chiming in with their little uh, pseudo-personal attacks on the, on the original poster. But what amazed me was not only the, the level of heat or how aggravated they seemed to be at this poster, but that if they're so worried about <laughs> everybody being treated kindly, like no personal attacks, no you – know. well, what could be more of a personal attack than coming on a UFO and aliens message board and calling every experiencer who's admitted a story a liar? Right. Why would you let that stand there? I mean, what? What is going on? <laughs> you know, and this is not a, po- a finger pointed directly at ATS. This is like all over the place in this field. Well, I don't think they've thought of it that way. You know, I think that's the well, problem. I mean, it seems to me to be pretty damn obvious. I mean, when you walk into a thread and start it, you know, all the, these people are liars and flatly say that, that sounds to me like that's a personal attack on on people in the forum and that shouldn't be allowed, but yet they allowed it to continue to the point knowing it was a firestorm about to happen. And yet it was still allowed to stand there. And despite the fact that it's talking about something that should have been regulated by their rules to the gray basket, but it wasn't, (laughs) I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's like everything just goes discombobulated when it comes to discussing anything about this stuff. But the level of heat that came off in this thread wasn't that bad, but I suppose bad enough for them to lock it. And then that leads me into the whole discussion of how people are treating this like a religion. And I actually asked our audience at the end of my little spiel, you know, why do we think – I know my reasons for uh, thinking that it's kind of evolved into original and, and why it's become that for some people. Why do you think it's become that? Uh, I think for a good number of reasons. Um, I think, once again, anytime you have something that's unknown, you're going to grasp at straws and, and try to form a meaning and try to, you know, superimpose your own meaning onto it. And then, of course, that's a lie. So you have to get other people to believe it in order for it to appear to be true. And that's how religions are formed, right? I mean, it's like, I've got this theory of how things work, and I know that it's bullshit unconsciously, and so I've got to attract everyone else to it and then defend it. To validate uh, it, yeah. Yeah, so that uh, it no longer feels like bullshit. I was also thinking in terms of how you were saying that uh, ufology used to be pretty good, there used to be some scientists involved and all that, uh, and ever since the internet, not so much. I wonder if that's an American phenomenon or if that's all around the world, like I wonder if part of the problem isn't that education in the U S has gone downhill uh, over the decades. And so people are, are just generally, uh, well, dumber coupled with <laughs> coupled with Maggie Jackson's distracted, you know, yeah. where we're just desensitized and stupid and kind of want answers handed to us. And, and can I cut in and say right now that Jeremy audience, Jeremy has not listened to what I recorded because I just did it. And rang him on the phone and said, get on Skype and let's do an after chat. That is precisely what I said. Are you serious? I said, I said are people getting du- – <laughs> I said, I think people are getting dumber. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whether or not that made the final cut or not, I don't know. But I did say it. I said, Jeremy, to have this discussion, like, are people just getting dumber? Is that what it is? I mean, is it really that simple? I mean, I yeah, I, I think I, it I, is that simple. I mean, 
I think we're, we're, we're a little bit soft. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I just think about like, for instance, the guy seems in the end, this guy seems nice enough. So I don't want to pick on him too badly, but there's, I'll, I'll keep him anonymous, but he's a listener. So maybe he'll know it's him. Someone had invited me to, to film me in a documentary. Mm-hmm. He's going to fly me out to LA and film me in this documentary. And his, his emails to me got progressively more and more illiterate to the point where they were almost unintelligible by, by the end. Uh, and let's say his savoir faire was, uh, oh, I don't know, less than savoir fairy. <laughs> so, you know, he's saying things that were kind of inappropriate to, uh, that, that you wouldn't say to someone you're trying to, like, get to do your documentary for free, you know? God, I want to see these. Okay. <laughs> uh so, but so I called him out on that stuff, and then he apologized and just said, "You know, well, I, you know, I, I'm sorry they got illiterate. I, I just a uh, uh, free associate or or what, you know, whatever. I was just riffing off the top of my head. But the fact that that anyone, I mean, he's got to have a budget, right? He wants to fly me out, put me in a hotel, all of this. Thinks that it's okay to write illiterate emails to try to entice anyone, and then like insult them in a way that." I guess maybe you would do if you knew somebody and you were joking around with them, but he doesn't know me. Um, <laughs> I think all of that, like, like that level of unprofessionalism, uh, I think indicates something, you know, because this, this isn't the first time that I've seen this level of unprofessionalism from, from somebody. Uh, and I don't think that that would even cross anyone's mind, say 20 years ago. Uh, 10 years ago to be that dipshitty about <laughs> something important to you that you're going to spend money on, you right. know, I, I don't know. It, yeah. I mean, it just seems to be all around us. So you can tell Jeremy has a much better rap than I do because he uses words like dipshitty and, and Savoir fairy. <laughs> uh, so I just want to point that out for listeners. That's right. Um, I mean, the, 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 the thing that uh, that I said about it becoming a belief system for people, just to get back for that for a second, was that ultimately I think people want to be involved in their belief system and going to church. Like I used, I said, let's you know, let's not pick on Christianity here, but you go to church, you pray, you go home, you do your job, you come home, you kiss the wife, blah blah blah. And doesn't ufology? you know, give you, I mean, certainly the fellowship is there, right? I mean, you've got that from church, but you've also got uh, the ability that church doesn't give you, which is to be like actively involved directly in a phenomena itself. You know, I think that is an extremely attractive feature. Well, it's, it's also that it think smarts. Up. Right. And so it's not just a substitute religion. It's a substitute. It's a substitute for being an intellectual. Right. Yeah, because yeah. you can like quote unquote study this subject and be mm-hmm. every bit as smart as anyone you hear on the radio, right. who also studies the subject. In the end, you know, mm-hmm. um, you and I can go on a message board, and um, a moron can come in and chat with us, and that they, you know, we can all appear to be on the same level thanks to, you know, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's very attractive. You know, there's no there's no college course for this. You're not going to get a graduate degree in ufology. True. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think all of that is attractive. And then of course, uh, I think it of course leads more, leans more toward, um, religion than the intellectual part simply because I don't think people use it for intellectual stimulation. They use it as a cover to feel smart, but 
But they really are. I think what it is there for is for their imagination to go wild and for them to feel that little bit of, I don't know, that gleaning of spirituality or whatever that little feeling is you get when you feel like you're really on to something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody can resist a good mystery, right? I mean, that's probably part of it as well. Yeah. But I mean, they can be actively involved in it. I mean, meaning, you know, you don't go out to a field and stare into the dark and shine lasers in the air to see Jesus Christ. Uh, that just, that's not the way it works. I mean, with this, you could, not that you're going to get anywhere with it, but you could go out and skywatch. You can, uh, you know, engage the phenomena point blank if you want to. Uh, and I think people, I mean, this is the whole, the whole premise behind Greer's thing is like, let's engage this thing rather than study it from afar. Let's go out and engage it. Um, and I think that's part of the real attraction for his little thing, which effectually for me looks like religion too. You can become actively involved in interacting with whatever this is. Well, uh, and here's the thing: whether or that, not you're fooling yourself with it is a whole other matter. Well, but, that's that's just it. It, it, it. But see, you just said whether or not you're fooling yourself. The problem mm-hmm. is that most people don't get to that sentence. Right. They don't <laughs> yeah. care if they fool themselves. Right. They love that. That's the D and D factor. Would, yeah, they right. would love to see. They would nothing. They would love nothing more than to see satellites float across the sky and think they're UFOs, and for you to tell them they're satellites will be a huge disappointment or a lie to them. Right. <laughs> and, and an attack on their belief system. Right. You know, which are so aggressively defended that, you know, like I said at the end of the thing, it's like it's a big mess. And, and this is a, largely the cause of it is because everybody's put their pedestrian notions onto this, developed their own personal belief system around it, effectually acting like a religion, or they get together in bands like – uh, like exopolitics, like C-SETI, like all of these different things. And it effectively becomes, excuse me, that religion. And then to attack that is not anything to do with the reality of the phenomena or the questionability of it. It has to do with you're attacking me. It, it's all taken very personally. And so in the end, no real work gets done because everybody's doing nothing but arguing about who's right and who's wrong. When in fact, nobody's right because we don't know what the hell's going on. Well, nobody's <laughs> right, but some people are wrong, and to be factually accurate <laughs> is to be the enemy. That's right. what we're saying here. Well, and you're, I, you're that, a snob. You're an asshole. Why are you doing this? Why are you a debunker? Right. It's right. like no, it's actually just a fucking satellite moving across the sky. Right. Just deal and with see, that. and see, listeners, this is what I meant when I said the UFO field effectively acting like like a good old boys club. It's like unless you play nice, you're not. You know, I, I kind of commiserated you on the notion of how do you get some of the stuff that we've brought out in this show, like Lilienfeld, like Emma, like that stuff still hasn't really, I feel, crested the absolute big ball mainstream sphere here. And it long should have. Mm-hmm. But I think because that, you know, to question this, to question people in this, to call people out on certain things is to like – I don't know, you, you become the, the redheaded stepchild, you're disowned, and, uh, and you're ignored. And so how do you present or how do you get to that bigger audience when that bigger audience has already been poisoned against you in some way? I, that's kind of how I feel these yeah, days. Yeah, the audience is part of it, but the people running the show are, the, are also the problem. I mean, the thing that the cowards in this field hide behind is we're all in this together. Can't we all just yes. work together? Yes. We all are going after the same goals here. Why don't we all just... Right. I mean, seeing Paul Harris speak um, was the greatest example of this. 
where she very clearly put a bunch of, uh, you know, made some outlandish statements about Billy Meyer being real in her presentation. She put up some photos of UFOs and I believe some footage of UFOs that have been long debunked. And after going around and around in circles um, about it, ultimately said, well, um, I'm going to leave it in there because it's aesthetically pleasing. It just looks better. So it <laughs> looks better. Trump's factually accurate information. Right. I mean, that's it. And then, to, and then to argue the point is to then get her saying, you know, look, look, can't we all just get along? I mean, we're all we're all in this together. We shouldn't be fighting each other. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're part of the fucking problem. I mean, I, I'm a broken record about this at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure a good bit of what I said, I've probably said a million times on the show, but, it, you know, it still bears mentioning. Um, do you think, this is one of the questions I asked everybody out there, is do you think at some point, do you see a split happening? I mean, I think we've certainly already seen a split from the mainstream and exopolitics. I think exopolitics is kind of starting to get peaked for what it actually is. Uh, and a lot of people seem to not be as engaged by it as they used to be. Do you see a bigger split coming for, I don't know what we used to deem the fringe element in this, which seems to have taken the, the front seat in recent years. Do you see this splitting off into, I don't know, people who would listen to this show and look at deeper aspects of this and people who would, you know, rather go to an exit politics thing. I mean, that God, you see a definitive so. split. Oh yeah. Well, I well, mean, here's, here's the problem. Um, what, what's the age range here? I mean, as we've said, all, all the people that we see at these conferences are elderly, uh, or a lot of them are, a lot of them are <laughs> yeah. older. Um, is there a younger crop of interested people in this? I mean, I know we, there are a handful of, I guess, quote unquote, colleagues, for lack of a better term, that we know mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't see it being reflected in the faces in the audience. Right. And the older people, as we know, want to be lied to. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, we need to raise a new crop of people. But how do you get? I mean, maybe it is a good sign that that less and you know younger people are interested because maybe they do find other things more stimulating than bullshit. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. But I, would, I mean, I don't I would, know. That's... I would hope that that's the case, you know? Yeah. I mean, I said I, I don't really see any other way, um, you know, uh, other than to do what I've said before, which is to hunker down and do your own thing. Well, here's something. Leslie Keene <laughs> is going to go on uh, 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 the Colbert Report hmm. on Monday, I believe. Monday. Okay. Um, unless it's a week for Monday, but, uh, so, I mean, there's your Gen X, Gen Y crowd, right? That mm -hmm. she's going to be speaking to. So maybe she's got a chance here of, uh, making this seem legitimate to a younger audience. And then maybe we can see what's what. I wonder what would happen if those people are attracted to what she has to say and then, you know, check it out and look online at stuff. And then, you know, will they immediately be turned off because there's so much shit out there? <laughs> I just wonder. That's the problem, isn't it? I mean, when you've got the fringe in the front seat driving the bus, anybody who gets on the bus and looks at the bus driver and sees the retard in the seat, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> You're getting off the fucking bus. I got news for you. Yeah. So, you know, um, I mean, that's my commiseration with this stuff right now. It's like, you know, 
we're still, I think, trying to engage this stuff in different ways, but everything else just seems to be on the steady decline of like, you know, bizarre uh, editing and closing of threads on, on what was normally a pretty open face message board. And, uh, you know, I, I got a, actually got a, a, a private message on ATS about uh, how mean people are being to each other. I mean, across the board, mm-hmm. you know, not just the UFO and alien section, but across all of ATS. I mean, you don't get a message like that unless it's reached some kind of biblical proportions there. And, you know, I, what the hell is that all about? I mean, uh, I just, I wonder, you like, are you going to see a split across all of this stuff? You know, the conspiracy theorists and the, the ufologists and the ghost people, I mean, is there really going to come where an axe is going to fall and either, I, I mean, what side is going to be more recognized is going to be the question, I guess. What, what, are, what are more people going to identify with? I was, uh, I don't remember, geez, who was I having this conversation with the other night? Maybe it, it might've been you. It might've been banal where I was saying, you know, I kind of hope there, there isn't disclosure because if there is disclosure, you know, it's going to be the morons who step up who are the loudest because morons are always the loudest. We know that from daytime talk shows right. and, uh, <laughs> from life. <laughs> right. Uh, so they're going to be the ones to step up and go, see, I told you so. And now here's the prepackaged bullshit I'm going to sell you that will make sense of this for you. So I kind of feel like it's weird. It's like to have Leslie Keene, who is seemingly a legit person, really pushing for government disclosure. I mean, I wonder, I would like to ask her, do you think that the Bassets and the Greers of the world are just going to just take the message, you know, and, and take the microphone mm-hmm. out of your hand and, and own it? at that point. And then did anything get disclosed? <laughs> you know, right. like you could disclose aliens are here and then have someone else tell you what that means. And, uh, then the truth was never just, dis- it never got there. It never, the message never quite got out what it, what it meant. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the problem is, is that, <laughs> I mean, go back to the root issue disclosure. I mean, uh, how many times have we heard this now over i mean christ every every summer it seems that we get another it's coming and i've been hearing that for 23 years give me a break it, you know i i think it's amusing that people in this field you know the more popular or recognized the field is in the media uh they kind of use that to gauge like okay well that means that it's all going to be coming out soon because it's so popular right now they know people are ready and i don't th- i don't if there is such a thing as it all being covered up and what they know and what they don't know, uh, I, I don't think that that has anything to do with the level of interest publicly that's paid to it. Oh, hey, Jer, they're ready. Should we tell them? What? Right. No. Um, I, I, I just I don't see that. I mean, uh, well, first of all, there's no reason for them to. I mean, what reason would they have to? Um, I think like everything else, it will come out if there is anything to know at all it will come out uh, when it can no longer be avoided. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, we can't deny it now. All right. Well, you know, we just look stupid if we say, no, there's nothing to it. And there's a, you know, uh, you know, a 70 meter disc hanging over the empire state building for five hours. Well, do you find it <laughs> it's odd not that, you know, these other countries that are coming out, mm-hmm. um, they're not saying what the data means. They're just saying right. here it is. Right. Interpret it as you will. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, what is, is that an admittance of? Yeah, right. I mean, is that something the U.S. would do? Here's the sad irony: we would be completely satisfied with that. Exopolitics politics would love nothing more than to just have the the admittance that that this is going on. Here's the data, and now you tell everyone what it means. You know what I mean? Like right. that's they could totally get away with that. Oh yeah. I mean, they are in other countries. <laughs> Right, and maybe that's why exopolitics is seemingly growing, or at least they've taken it on tour in Europe, mm-hmm. and I think Australia, because maybe these European countries are coming out with this stuff, so it's right. you know something they talk about openly, and these guys can sweep in there and make some money. Man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> again, I mean, people point to these releases of documents, like what is it, Brazil or somebody is. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean that's great. I, I think I, I mean, I, in the part of the show that I probably got rid of, I said, uh, you know, this was in when I was really into talking about the whole conspiracy thing. Where do you go with that? I mean, it's like if they know something, great. They've certainly got better data. Okay, let's have that. I still don't think you're going to get that cream of the crop gun camera footage from a pilot who chased one down to within, you know, 50 yards. You're not seeing that. I mean, that's not coming out. I think that the data that they're releasing is as ambiguous as what the grassroots organizations have gotten to uh, over the years on their own. Yeah, it's backed up by more resources. I mean, the resources that a government would have to study this would be phenomenal. So certainly if there's better data to be had, they would have it if they studied it with their resources. But past that, does that really mean they know anything about what's going on? No, no, it doesn't. And, and I think at least in terms of what you're saying with the foreign countries releasing what they are, that's kind of bearing out. Like we chased it. We don't know. They're not saying anything about what they think it is. Here's something else <laughs> but I'm going to steal from Banal that, that he had said to me the other day, which is that uh, disclosure in a way is about perspective. Like if you were to disclose to your dog, um, look, you're my pet. I own you. You pretty much are just there for my amusement. The dog could very well turn around and be like, no, you don't get it, dude. You clean my shit. You feed me and you let me out whenever I need to go out. You're my slave. Right. (laughs) You can't convince that dog that, (laughs) that he's the slave and you're the master. Right. (laughs) And it's true. (laughs) So I don't even know, like, what like what would the disclosure be in those terms, you know, outside yeah. of, like, okay, we know that something is here. Because for all I know, you know, these, you know, if there are aliens who are going, you know what, or, or crypto terrestrials or whatever going, uh, you know, don't, don't nuke the Earth. Uh, please take care of it and all that. Because it impacts them. Then right. our arrogant answer could be, well, you know what, why don't you clean up our shit? Because it's our place, and we're not—we're just not going to do that. Bow before us, alien. Yeah, I mean the balance of power. Obviously, we have some power if they're just asking and not taking over and doing it for us, right? Well, you know, you go back to the whole cover-up thing. It's like, would there be a cover-up if the phenomena itself wasn't elusive? Right. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, this is all the problems, and it, it amuses me to to look at the broader scope of what people have to talk about when it comes to this field. And that's 90% of what people talk about is disclosure, the cover up, what the government knows, what they don't know. You know, they know this, you know, they've got that. And, um, and still not a shred of anything 
uh, of, of really any substance coming out besides the dog and pony blacked out documents. And well, here's a, here's another thing. And it just doesn't go anywhere. Uh, I mean, we might have talked about this privately, but just to throw another wrench in there, because we always hear with these cover-ups that there's like a secret government controlling everything, really, and right. they're the ones who don't want anything out. Uh, we all know that Bill Clinton looked into uh, whether or not there were UFOs and, and how JFK died, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he admitted that. People all know that, and it's taken as fact. He's talked about it, whatever. Right. Didn't find anything out. Um, if he were controlled, if he were a puppet president, how would he even, why would he bother to ask? He would either be let in on the secret or he would know not to ask anything unpuppet like. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. How come nobody said that? <laughs> we've got to really, I mean, I think we've got to like nail down what exactly, what is our story that we think is going on? Do we really think that, that the government is evil and in control or do we think that anyone who comes out and claims to be a whistleblower anonymously is a good person and not part of that mechanism. I mean, how does that make sense? How does the Bill Clinton thing make sense? How does releasing documents that are all blacked out, but like two words make sense? Right. Yeah. That's the question, right? I mean, I said during the show on my own here, I said, we got to end up in the end, taking off our goggles of ufological goggles and taking a look at the broader picture at all this stuff. Again, it's, it's like you can sit and uh, uh, you can get a UFO photo and sit there and analyze pixel by pixel what you're looking at. And until you step back from that photograph and take a real hard look at it without trying to pick apart every little bit. I mean, it's like we tend to overcomplicate things as a species. I think Uh, in general, we try to overanalyze and over, uh, uh, over-examine everything. I mean, if you step back and take a larger uh, grasp of, of of ufology, I think you and I would go, what are we doing here? Sound familiar? <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, that's it. I mean, and I think at some point you've really, with, with all of this stuff, with the disclosure, with the cover-up, uh, with all this, you take a step back and, and look at it and go, okay, what do we really have here? And the answer is, not much, <laughs> mm-hmm. not much to which everything has been built on, you know? Yeah. That's a problem. Well, I'm- <laughs> now I'm on this thread of, I'm, I'm getting back to something here, uh, releasing, you know, disclosing without disclosing, releasing the data without telling anyone what it means. Mm. That is what they're doing, right? That's what Britain did. That's what Brazil's going to do. That's what Chile does. That's what mm. France is doing. I mean, that's what they're all doing, right? They're saying, well, here it is. So what did they disclose? I'm trying to figure that out because the skeptic certainly didn't look at uh, Britain's uh, vast reams of data and go, oh, my God, there's an alien presence here on Earth. Right. They went, look, there's really nothing here that's completely unexplainable. Um, Now, whether that's because they looked at it and decided that or didn't look at it and decided that the point is they can afford to do either uh, because no one in officialdom has told them what it means. So there's not so there's still that that option to get your message out of what what it means. You can tell people what it means. And the mainstream's response to that would be, don't you get it, Jeremy? They're priming us. They're gauging public interest on what they're releasing now. And they're slowly leading us into the answer. That would be what you would get in a response from that, that side. Yes, it's a, been, pri- it's a primer. They've been slowly doing this for quite some time now. <laughs> right. 
Right. It started with commercials and children's television. You know, <laughs> Teletubbies, yeah. anyone? It all started back when they were running uh, Duracell battery commercials and uh, uh, and having uh, uh, what was the bet? The Duracell commercial was. We got some great. We would have had some great UFO photos if we'd have had Duracells in our camera. And you know, it started with uh, the indoctrination process uh-huh. based off the Brookings Institution, which said the easiest way to uh, avoid acculturation and to make people genuinely aware that the, that there's another presence here is to slowly indoctrinate them through subliminal advertising and all this kind of thing. So they point to that and say, okay, it's been a progression all the way up to now where they're actually releasing documents. And it's all about gauging how we respond to this, and then they'll give us a little bit more, and it's going to be this gradated thing. I'm not buying that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying that either. In fact, remember, oh, I don't know, right before 9-11 when we were all like semi at peace, mm-hmm. and uh, the big thing was, well, the next big war, World War Three, will be a fake war that they uh, have with aliens. Remember right. that was like the fear is like they're yep. going to set up a fake war with aliens. Right. And then, of course, 9-11 happens. And then you've got conspiracy theorists saying that that was a, f- you know, fake gateway into right. fake wars. Right. But so either way you fall on that, whether it was faked or it was real, no aliens. <laughs> they missed <laughs> right. their chance. Right? right. They missed their opportunity. Right. So how long does do we need to go with this? I mean, it seems to me at the point where a lot of people are saying, oh, I bet they're going to fake a war with aliens. I think at that point, you can pretty much come out with whatever you have about aliens. I think people are pretty acclimated at that point. Right. <laughs> where they just assume it's going to happen anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, good Lord. what do you do with that? What do you do with that? I'll tell you what you do. You do what we're going to do right now, which is to put our head down and plow through. <laughs> That's what you do. I mean, it really feels like, like these these. People who promote this sort of stuff, exopolitics or, you know, children's programming (laughs) nonsense is uh, they're biding their time until Mm. they can latch on to something shinier. (laughs) Like Chetna Short. Well, not Chetna. Like even that's biding your time. It's like, (laughs) let's just throw shit out there to bide our time until a fact hits us in the face and then we can latch on to that and exploit it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I can see that. So what do you think, Joe? I think we should end this abortion and uh, <laughs> and look forward to the next episode of Paratopia. I'd like to apologize to all our listeners for my ep- part of the episode tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a fan of the bitch fest. So. Uh, well, I don't necessarily say it was that, but, uh, you know, well, I, this was. I, don't, I don't even remember what the hell I said. So, uh, <laughs> you know, because I, I – you know what? It's hard, man. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. Uh, I, you know, I mean, that's the first time I've been on my own since the second eclipse. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've tried to start the show like seven times and I get like 15 minutes in and I'm like, crap. And then go back. It's, it's a bitch, man. Um, and especially when you're not prepared like I was tonight and had no particular topic. <laughs> so I'm uh, sure it was lovely. Either way, you know, I hope it was somewhat thought-provoking, at least in the thought of Jeff's an idiot. Yeah, and, uh, and if not, uh, then I'll just replace it with, like, a test pattern or something. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Alright. Well, we'll see everybody next week, I suppose, right? I suppose. Uh, do we have anything to announce or anything like that? I feel like we're missing something. Uh, 
Nope, I'm good. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> Toodles. Hello, Paratopia. Hello, Jeff. After listening to the episode, I do have just a few comments I want to make. One is on the idea that all religions are disengaging and that's why people are attracted to ufology. I think that's more true of the Catholic Church and Protestant Church and even the Unitarian Church um, and other churches, Jehovah Witness, Mormon, you know, things that are pretty cut and paste, cut and dry mechanical. But then you have things like Pentecostal, which they they start speaking in tongues, or evangelical, where I think it's the same sort of thing, Um, even Baptist. uh, Or you have things like whirling dervishes with their twirling, I don't know, Buddhism or Hinduism that where people meditate and turn inward and engage themselves or engage the rich realms of mind that way. Um, do we include those? It would be interesting to see maybe, well, yeah, like there's ever going to be a study done, but let's say (laughs) for the sake of argument that somebody studied, did a study, uh, on how interest in ufology breaks down along religious lines. It would be interesting to see if the people who have less emotionally engaging and spiritually engaging, if you include talking in tongues and that sort of thing, as spiritual. See if those more mechanically-minded religious people have a greater attraction to ufology, and also gauge what type of attraction they have. I just think that would be an interesting study. Is it superficial? Is it deep? Is it Dungeons & Dragons? Is it fulfilling? And then a second thing I wanted to address is Jeff's notion that we're not teaching anyone anything. I don't know how you can say that when we've actually gotten feedback from people saying that that's exactly what we're doing. I think where you get pessimistic is in thinking that we're preaching to the choir and partly that's true. Um, but people are a program already in progress. So those with what we would consider faulty points of view or limited points of view might listen to our show and have their minds changed. That said, a certain type of person is going to be more attracted to our show or less likely to turn it off. But that doesn't mean they're the choir either. That means that they are of like mind, whether they know or care about the paranormal and ufology or not. The type of person who's on the same page as we are uh, mentally, for lack of a better term, um, but they would be on the same page with us about anything, right? And so if we were to have a conversation um, about politics, literature, television, music, any of this sort of stuff, we would be able to gauge how right or wrong we are about something in relationship to like-minded people, right? I mean, that's what we do. That's what we know ourselves in relationship to other people. And so we know that there are people who are attracted to our show who otherwise would not pay attention to the paranormal, to UFOs, or any of that stuff. And the reason that they stick with it is because they are like-minded, and therefore we pass their smell test. If we didn't pass their smell test, they would let us know, or they would shut us off. Does that make sense? If you argue a point in a room full of like-minded people, and they all say you're full of shit, odds are you're full of shit, because they get where you're coming from, they get what you're saying, but there's something, there's a deep fallacy in what you're saying, and 
and they're calling you out on it. But like-minded people who listen to our show are not calling us out on it. And many of those people are, again, people who otherwise wouldn't even be listening to a paranormal show. So I think you can teach people something, <laughs> like-minded people or people who are open to hear this. Um, and then part of it also is, I think it's possible we're articulating some things that people might have felt but not been able to put into words until now. Um, so I, I'm just saying uh, I'm not so pessimistic that, oh, we're not doing anything here. Woe is me. Um, no, I think we are doing something here. Taking a big old shit on ufology. <laughs> no, no, I kid. I kid ufology. I love. What? And finally, um, I just, I thought of another reason that the Emma Woods slash Scott Lilienfeld stuff hasn't broken, which is that it hasn't gotten uh, major radio play. For the simple fact that Emma Woods doesn't want to do interviews. It took a lot for her to do our show, and she did the Land Lamb Fears show because I asked her to. Um, but other than that, uh, she doesn't really want to do these things. So, I mean, unless George Knapp or George Norrie or, what is his name, Ann Punnett or Whitley Strieber or Rob McConnell, people with big popular shows, I mean, unless they're going to take the initiative and make this a news story in spite of the fact that the two main subjects of the news story don't want to talk about this publicly, that other one being David Jacobs, of course, then what can you do, really? But hopefully this will be remedied with um, the UFO Magazine article coming out next issue. I think then people will have no choice but to pay attention for all of five seconds and then go back to normal. Nothing to see here. Move it along. But at least then it will be a choice. But still, all of that said, it is mysterious to say the least that this has been covered on our show, a couple of other podcasts, and a radio show, and has been written about sparsely in the blogosphere, but it still hasn't been picked up on message boards, on ATS specifically. Uh, now, I don't know. I don't know if what they need is to hear it on Coast to Coast for it to be real. Or more likely it's what we think, which is that people aren't attracted to reality. And that's why they get into this in the first place, mainly. But in the end, it's probably for the best. Because imagine if Emma Woods was the type of person to leap at every interview and... Um, you know, take to the stage and become a, a darling of conferences, you know, sooner than later, she would be sucked up by the exopolitical movement in specifically Greer, who believes all abductions are bullshit because peace, love, blah, 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 or at least claims he believes that. Really, Greer uh, doesn't believe anything. He's a bullshit artist. Nevertheless, those are just some things that jumped out at me to uh, to say on the, the show here, so... Oh, and I should correct one thing. I said Clinton wanted to know the truth about UFOs and JFK. It was specifically Roswell and JFK that he inquired about. Uh, so for those who make distinctions like that, there you go. Anyway, I liked it, Jeff. I did not replace it with a test pattern, and I'm sure uh, the overwhelming majority of our audience is glad for that. So... Yay! Yay! Job well done. This special person's getting off the short bus right now. <laughs>